Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, April 28th. We'll get to that forecast in just a moment. But first, today is National Superhero Day. Now, I'm not talking about those classic comic book caped crusaders. This is a day to honor those everyday heroes, police officers, firefighters, first responders, teachers. As daysoftheyear.com points out, superheroes can come in any shape, size, or color. And I hope you'll take a minute to thank one of those superheroes in your life today. Now let's get a look at that forecast. Hey, good Thursday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sovan here on a cool start. As you head out the door this morning, make sure you grab a jacket. Temperature starting out for a lot of you in the 40s and 50s, but we'll warm up quickly today. Be in the 70s, 73 degrees by lunchtime and mid to upper 70s under a sunny sky for this afternoon. So a beautiful day ahead, just a little bit cooler this morning, but a nice warm finish this afternoon. We'll do that again tomorrow, bringing a small chance of a shower on our Friday. Rain chance only about 20% for Friday. Saturday and Sunday. Temperatures will be warming back up this weekend. 80 degrees on Saturday, 83 on Sunday. A little bit better rain chance early next week with highs in the mid to upper 80s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. A nightly onslaught of drones dropping contraband inside prison walls. This is just two months worth of drone drops that we caught. Not only costing your tax dollars, but your safety too. They should scare everybody to think, okay, they're behind bars, you know, we're safe as a society, but that's no longer the case. Life 5 investigates a dangerous problem plaguing our state. There's technology out there that would stop it. Why it's not being used and... How the state prison system is combating this constant battle. Tonight at 7. And let's head over to the news desk with Aisha Tyler and Michael Higdon. North Charleston leaders invited families impacted by the Pepper Hill ballpark shooting to a meeting last night. Melissa Rademacher explains how the city is working to put in safety measures, but people don't know if it will be enough. After long discussions about what happened and how to move forward, parents and kids still aren't ready to go back to Pepper Hill. Many are still processing what it means to have been there during the shooting. At the meeting, the North Charleston police announced there will be an officer stationed at every outdoor sports facility, with two at Pepper Hill Park when it reopens for the foreseeable future. The city is also offering active shooter training to every parent and child signed up for a sports league at the beginning of future seasons. In response to ideas from parents, officials say they are willing to look into more lighting options and cameras in the parking lot. They are also considering a locked gate at one of the two parking lot entrances to make it easier to monitor. The softball field is their safe spot, and that was taken away. My daughter calls me while it's going on. She's behind the car in the parking lot with bullets flying around her. My daughter woke up the next morning crying, replaying it in her head. Maybe in the future, you know, once they add these extra security measures and they feel a little safer out there, we might get somewhere. But for right now, I know none of my girls or their parents want their kids back there. The families say these discussions are just the beginning, and they want to see those permanent actions taken as soon as possible to make the park safer. No word on when Pepper Hill Park games will restart, but some of those teams do have games scheduled at other fields later this week. In the control room, Melissa Rademacher, Live 5 News. 
North Charleston police say a new real-time crime monitoring center is coming to the city. Officials say two people will be on staff 24-7 to monitor 865 cameras located in every main corridor of the city in real time. To fill in the gaps, Deputy Chief Ken Hagee says that the new center and addition of the cameras will help officers have the tools to reduce and prevent crime and make visitors and residents feel safer. City officials say the project will cost $2.5 million. A man arrested for shooting a nine-year-old girl in downtown Charleston was out on bond at the time for murder. 21-year-old Justin Moultrie faces charges including assault and battery of a high and aggravated nature and shooting into an occupied vehicle. The charges stem from a shooting last Monday near Johnson Street and America Streets in downtown Charleston. Police say the girl was treated for a gunshot wound to the foot. Court documents show Moultrie was out on bond for a murder charge. He's accused of shooting a man to death on Norman Street in, in June of 2020. He was being electrically, electronically monitored at the time. The First Circuit Solicitor's Office says a 14-year-old accused of shooting three students outside Orangeburg-Wilkinson High School earlier this year will be tried as an adult. That student being charged with three counts of attempted murder for the shooting in the parking lot of the school in August. That carries up to 30 years in prison without parole. Prosecutors say that shooting was gang-related. Orangeburg County deputies have arrested three teens in connection with a violent crime spree. Deputies arrested 17-year-old William Hampton Jr., a 14-year-old boy, and another 16-year-old boy. Investigators say the teens carjacked a woman at a gas station in Springfield on Sunday and then attempted to carjack another woman just 40 minutes later. Fortunately, it was just an attempt. Deputies say the suspects ran off after the woman blew her car horn. Investigators say the 17-year-old suspect, William Hampton, may have taken a Another person's car at gunpoint on Monday. All three teens have been charged with armed robbery as well as other charges. Well, today you have a chance to hear the plans from Charleston County leaders on how they plan to cut down on traffic congestion along the main road corridor on Johns Island. A public meeting will be held today to show the public their proposals for the part of the project along Bohickett Road. This is considered segment C of that project stretching from Maybank Highway to Betsy Carrison Parkway. Now the county wants the public to weigh in so that most people will benefit. The plan is to start construction in 2025. That meeting is from 3 till 7 at St. John's Parish Church along Maybank Highway. The final phase of a project to ease congestion in Somerville now has the green light. The South Carolina Department of Transportation has awarded a contract to build the final 3.9 miles of the Berlingi Myers Parkway. This project has been in the works for more than 18 years. The final phase will create a new four-lane roadway to take some of the traffic off of Main Street as well as Highway 17A and Bacon's Bridge Road. Officials have not yet said when that project should be finished. Well, it's the first year the Charleston City Night Market is fully back since the pandemic. Yeah, every Friday and Saturday night through December, vendors, live music, and the town's history will fill the streets of downtown Charleston. Our Lauren Quinlan joins us live. And Lauren, the night market is accepting new vendors. What exactly are they looking for? Michael, night market directors are looking for vendors who really have that wow factor and a passion for what they do. They're looking to take on about 20 new vendors this season. The Charleston City Night Market wouldn't be what it is today if it weren't for the day market. Right now, the market's list exceeds over 200 vendors, and they are looking to accept about 20 new ones. 
Karen Williams with the market says both the day and night markets are on an experience and they have a deep history within Charleston. Some families have been around for decades and have passed down their booths through multiple generations. The story behind the vendors is what makes the market unique and they are looking for people who will bring those stories with them. Williams says they have an obligation to protect their existing vendors from oversaturation, so they won't be accepting a list of vendors ranging from jewelry, candles, and photography. We want to keep it new. And we, again, as I mentioned, we had 100-plus applicants in January, screened 80 and only took 60. And it, we want that. Wow, that's different. We want it to be unique. We want it to be low country. Some people just aren't ready. This isn't the easiest life. So we pick... Um, we don't accept everything just because we have it. The night market will only be accepting local handmade items, and the deadline for applying is May 9th by 1 p.m. Applicants will be contacted within four days of applying to be notified if they will advance to the next screening phase. The Charleston City Night Market hopes to start these new vendors by Memorial Day weekend, and again, they're looking for about 20 new vendors who have that wow factor and a passion for what they do. Reporting live in Charleston, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Happy 234th birthday to the state of Maryland. On this day in 1788, it became the seventh state in the union. And that's not the only birthday worth mentioning today. Actress, singer Ann Margaret turns 81. And former Tonight Show host Jay Leno turns 72. The best news you'll hear all day today, it's almost Friday. Thank you again for joining us for Morning, y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning, y'all, is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.